This is the Later Day Podcast with your hosts, Brayden, Keaton, and Caden. This podcast is for the Latter-day Saints who find themselves running a bit late. Each episode, we discuss the weekly Come Follow Me lesson to keep ourselves prepared for our Sunday worship and awake in class. Whether you start your readings Monday morning or are listening to us on the way to church, we're just happy you're here. Yes, we are. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Later Day Podcast today. This week's lesson is on First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. And the tagline for this episode is, Be Thou an Example of the Believers, which reminds us of another EFY song. Braden, I don't know if you want to take a crack at that or not. See, we were joking about this earlier, but I don't actually remember the chorus <laughs> at all. It's okay. It's not even me We'll just, just give him a couple that. minutes. Maybe it'll come to yeah, you maybe during it'll the come lesson to you. as we discuss the material. I do remember, though, I'm, I'm pretty sure we sang, or at least Caden and I sang that in a sacrament meeting or something like that at one point. A sacrament meeting. Yeah, I want to say like all of the youth and yeah, all the word did. Really? It was like one of those, you know, it was just on its way around, you know, the circuit of everyone singing this song in their meeting, you know. That's too good. Yeah. yeah everyone's singing song. the song. This song, song is catching song. a wave of excitement in, <laughs> yeah. in sacrament meetings everywhere. It's like, it's like the EFY medley, you know, that was like a hit the world with storm. And oh, now yeah. I hope I hope it's it still sung around similar, now because it's pretty dang good. Yeah, I don't hear that anymore. Look, look, getting back to the lesson here. Sorry, yeah, we immediately took a turn. <laughs> so first, second that's Timothy, a, that's and what the music does. First and second Timothy and Titus, those are epistle, epistles that Paul wrote to them. Um, but the significance of the people, because the other um, books that we've talked about for the most part have been him writing to like cities right or or uh the saints in certain areas right the congregation Mm -hmm. whereas timothy and titus these books he's writing to specific people um people that he that were kind of church leaders in different areas right like uh i guess you could say he's he's writing rather than to like a general like a general bunch of rules for like a congregation he's giving advice and um telling them like what their responsibilities are as leaders in their respective areas, right? Yeah, I was trying to think about that. Would they, like, we know that there was a, a 70 that existed or some form of a 70 that existed at this time. And I wonder if they would have been considered a 70, like kind of like, I think Braden earlier, you'd mentioned that they were kind of like an area presidency. So kind of that kind of a form of Right, of they were kind of just in charge of the congregation where they were kind of thing. Yeah. And and well this is and leads into the the first thing which is who were Timothy and Titus. And we just wanted to take a special shout out to any of our friends named Timothy, of course, or Titus or uh Philemon, Philemon. Um no, but Tim, you know who you yeah, are. Yeah, you do. Love you, buddy. But yeah, they so they were I only have one friend named Timothy, yeah, so. That's true. Uh, Timothy and Titus, they were basically at different times companions of Paul. And they, like like you guys were saying earlier, they eventually just had leadership over certain areas. And this is Paul's letters to them. I don't know if there's too much to go, too much more to go into about who they were. Well, Timothy was in Ephesus and Titus was in Crete. Okay. Yeah, and it says they earned Paul's respect and trust as his missionary companions. And then they were liter- later called... Uh, to be like church leaders, so kind of like what you're yeah, saying it, or getting at is like they're essentially now 70s or whatever authority they had, or whatever yeah. whatever respective um, stewardship. Yeah, and the Bible dictionary yeah. even says that Titus Paul didn't like hear of him. Well, what's written in the Bible at least 
there was no word of him for eight years. And then after Paul got imprisoned in Rome, Titus joined back up with him eight years later, and then they kept going to work and doing stuff. So it's just kind of cool. Is th- Titus, this... were you ghosting Paul? <laughs> like you were ghosting him, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> left him on read. Yeah. So yeah, they they had a long relationship, but you know, it wasn't just a year or two. These are people they know each other well. They're brothers in the faith for right. sure. So that's why these books are almost like I more fun to read because it's not just him sending out like hey this specific group need to worry about this specific thing these uh sections that we talked about today are almost just more like um like reassurance and stuff right it's like hey buddy here's some information for you and they're a lot more personal when they're first person right more fun to read for me yeah i really like them as well well and it goes on to say because we're going on top of like the whole like oh do we have much more to dive into it the next heading actually gives a a nice little background on timothy who is relatively young right he was um definitely younger and paul gave him like excellent advice exactly what caden was saying where like this is a better or like more enjoyable read um of all the books by paul like this advice can almost feel like um something that's being directed towards you as just like a friend of Paul rather than someone in his congregation. Um, Cause it's more uplifting encouragement. I think. I was going to say, I want to just read one of the scriptures in that section. Um, like the Timothy chapter four. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause it gives you, okay. a, it gives a pretty good taste of what I'm talking about and what you're just confirming right here. It just says for therefore we both labor and suffer and reproach. Paul is giving you very relatable information and it's applicable. And the the whole thing is like that yeah. for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those that believe. And then he goes on to give more information, you know, referencing that Timothy might be a younger leader of the gospel, but that doesn't, you know, take away his validity. Like he can still be, an example of the believers in word, conversation, charity, spirit, faith, and purity. Yeah, like I almost want to read two more verses that are in that kind of chunk of scripture that they provide there. The First Timothy 4, um, 10 to 16, verse 12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And then um, I really like verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, right? So neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Um, powerful verses right there, I think. And and it's important that yeah, this, like one could think like, oh, this is just, you know, someone um, becoming a missionary and, and, or whatnot. But like, it, this is just for anyone who's been ordained or anyone who's been set apart in any calling in the church. Um the, like neglect not the gift that is in thee. Like if you're called to the Relief Society, uh, there's a reason for that, and there's a gift there that you're supposed to to use. Or if you're called as like, you know, um, church greeter or something. But no matter what you're calling, um, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Like you've obviously got something that the Lord sees in you that He wants you to kind of show the world. And regardless of whether or not you're super young, super old you feel uncomfortable or you feel too comfortable, like he's going to be able to make that gift 
um, work for you. Even just uh, not too long ago, Krista and I were set apart as primary teachers um, because when we left for the summer, we got released and then we got set apart again. Um, Okay. And that's, no, that that advice that's right there is pretty sweet. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. Um, (laughs) I mean, he goes on to say, which was given thee by prophecy, um, by the laying of hands. So, yeah, I mean, not necessarily prophecy from a prophet, but your bishop does receive revelation for the callings that are in the church. And, you know, the primary president also receives revelation for, you know, her stewardship and and all the organizations in the church likewise, right? So when when you get called, regardless of your calling, there's, you're set apart, you're given gifts, and you have right. a responsibility to give, and there's probably a good reason for that calling, right? Yeah, pr- probably. Yeah, no matter what, it's an opportunity to grow, right? And that's part of being an example of the believers is believing that God will be there for you if you ever fall short. He'll help you to pick up the slack wherever you need and, it. And that advice right there or that counsel right there is exactly what they want us to say. Like, so... So in the end of that, it says, how can this counsel help you lead others to the Savior and his gospel? And it's exactly that. Like, well, if you just realize, like, what this counsel is and how, like, important it is, he's saying to, like, believe in yourself and believe in the church kind of thing. Believe in your mission. And so as soon as you have a mission in the church, uh, believe in it and in yourself, and you'll be able to conquer it or uh, see it through or something. Yeah, that's perfect. And that just leads us right into the next one of Second Timothy where it says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So kind of just going into it, obviously, it's the gospel, you know, it's living the gospel and its teachings, it's keeping the word of wisdom, doing all those things that help us have a sound mind, but also help us stay off pride, right? And so that's where we get some of these gifts from. I mean, and it's super easy, no matter what your calling is, um, it's really easy to you know, get wrapped up in the spirit of fear. Um, but as we know from the scriptures, like that doesn't come from God, that, that fear and that hesitation to, to be able to perform the way that God needs us to, that's obviously not coming from, you know, a positive place. Um, and, and that fear is normal. It's healthy to, to have a little bit of anxiousness in, in the roles that you're supposed to be doing, you know, not being comfortable all the time it's perfectly normal um but relying on christ and relying on god for that direction and for that strength and support you know calm your nerves and help you uh, accomplish that which you were called to do is huge and it's just paul writing to his buddy saying the same thing right it's so personal i love i love these books yeah he's just telling them you know fear leads to anger anger leads to hate and hate leads to suffering you know it's just the the way it is yeah he's pulling a yoda yes he's pulling a yoda i used that once in a testimony meeting actually it's gospel star wars is heavily related to the gospel yeah we can talk about that (laughs) lesson. yeah light and dark side um just kind of going on to what uh caden was talking about there where of um having like a spirit of a sound mind and the spirit of love like when timothy is writing this or sorry not timothy when paul is writing this um he says in second timothy 4 6 to 8 uh that he's like ready to go right like he's saying like he's pretty much 
saying this is my time, my, the time for my departure is at hand. And then he goes on to say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Um, solid verse there. But then I just realized at the end of verse 8, it says, um, um, and not to me whole, only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. And so um, ev- like everyone uh, will have a crown of righteousness laid before them. Um, which the righteous, I'm going to read the whole, I'm going to read the whole, yeah, go for it. I guess it makes more sense in context. So I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them that also, and to all, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So, yeah. You you were on the right track. I just wanted to to read the yeah. I figured the the um, context in the beginning is more important than I realized. <laughs> just, it always helps. Just cutting parts out of the Bible. Who are you? The early well, saints. Yeah, the early saints. I'm just picking my favorite parts out, and then we're getting rid of the rest. <laughs> I thought that's how that worked. Yeah, uh, it's how that didn't work. It's <laughs> the great apostasy. If you want to learn more about that, you can check out the last episode of the Later Day Podcast. Where we talk about the apostasy. Mm-hmm. Meta. Awesome. So the the third one is Second Timothy three, the living or living the gospel provides safety from the spiritual dangers of the last days. And so it basically just kind of talks about like what are all the dangers that we face, you know, and and what are examples of of ways that we've been able to avoid dangers because we've been living the gospel and been following the Spirit. And I'm just trying to think of any examples of that where I ever felt like specifically warned not to do something and it ended up working out. But generally, we don't always find out what the alternative was, right? Like we don't always get to see what would have happened had we not listened. Right. You always hear those. I mean, I remember when I was in primary, um, like one of, a really early memory of mine, actually. My primary teacher, she um, was missing a couple fingers or fingertips and I remember like I mean obviously being a kid you don't have as much of a filter or whatever um and she shared this story of how she lost her fingertips um and she was like I was mowing the lawn and it was a plug-in lawn mower oh yes I know who this is and um she had a, a thought or a spiritual prompting um that she should not move the cord out of the way that she should turn off the mower move the cord and then continue mowing um i might not have this perfect story or this story perfect but this is the gist um but she's like ah whatever i'm just gonna quickly grab the cord and move it out of the way and keep mowing the lawn and she reached down and the mower like rolled forward and yeah cut all cut off her fingertips um and she's like i knew that that was a spiritual impression when i heard it and I chose to ignore it and these are the consequences and as a kid that is like I mean obviously it stuck with me for so long because it's a very tangible like story to be able to relate to right yeah you want to keep your fingers it's like the opposite sometimes you you follow a prompting and you don't know what what might have happened and sometimes you deliberately choose not to follow the prompting and um you suffer the consequences and that's very easy to see but you're right Keaton sometimes it's not always that easy and and you just follow the prompting do what you you feel like you need to do and 
you don't know why or what might have happened. Um, but, you know, could be saving your fingertips. Well, and I think it's important as well to say that sometimes the the bad things that come from not listening to these promptings are very slight. They're very small. Satan's really good at kind of pushing a ball down a hill where where just one small thing leads to another, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so no matter what, one small prompting could be saving you from even starting down that hill. Yeah, right? totally. It's snowball effect. And so I think it's important to remember that too. It's not always about losing your fingers, <laughs> you know? It's not, yeah, it's not about losing your fingers or putting on fresh socks. Remember, it's all small things too. <laughs> do you like that callback, Braden? I I, oh, I love a good callback. I do. That's third episode in a row, third episode in a row with that call or with that reference. It's it's gonna stick around, man. We're just People trying to like help it. Braden remember to change his socks every day, everyone. Just so you know, that's that's really okay. it's actually kind of an issue. We're trying to help him out. Oh no. So. Just so you're aware. Yeah, just... Well, the issue isn't that he washes his socks. The issue is that Braden doesn't wash socks. He just buys brand new just ones. Just buy brand new ones. <laughs> throw out the old ones. He always dons the new sock every <laughs> single time. And they're not even full socks. There's those little half sock inserts that you just stick in your shoe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's wrong with those? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's no shame in that. That's, those are great. They're very, they, very useful. They're very comfortable. They're very stylish. And they keep my feet warm, okay? The no-show socks. Um, trademark. Well, yeah, I, there's, there's something, um, in there that I wanted to think about. So it says like, can you think of examples? And yeah, we provided some there, but I want to delve a little deeper into the wording that they use of like spiritual dangers. Um, so the, the analogy we gave her, like the story you gave Caden, like, I feel like, yeah, that was like a spiritual warning. Um, but I'm like, uh, as far as spiritual dangers go, I wonder if it's rather than like a, a physical effect, more of like the danger it has on your spirituality. Like, do you know what I mean? Well, do you hear yeah. the, the next line that it uses to ask you? It says, um, how do these perils, like the people described in verse six, and then it quotes it, creep into your house and lead you captive. So h- how do these creep into your house? How do these things happen right and just like keaton was saying it can be such a small thing that you don't even notice right like just one little push um one little push uh, i don't know like there's lots of examples you could use adultery for example you know you you know flirt with the receptionist or something and you know you shouldn't but you do and it's just that flirt and it creeps into your life and that might not go somewhere, but it might, you know, open a road further on. Right. Like it kind of yeah. talks, like a lot of addictions started somewhere, I guess. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it didn't start with like jumping like zero to a hundred first yeah. thing. There was one mission president's wife that served in Edmonton that I remember her giving the analogy of it's just a little bit of poop in the cookie. The brownie. Brownies. And it's like poop it can do a little or in the brownie. Yeah. Poop in the brownie. Um, yeah, it's just a little bit. It could do nothing. You know, it could not affect the taste at all, but it's still there. And it could get you sick over time or get you sick after one time, right? But 99% of so, yeah. the brownies is still good just analogy. brownies. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Fair enough. That's a good one to think of. I just think, yeah, it's definitely important to uh, remind ourselves that there's uh, a difference between like physical dangers um, because of 
like because of not listening to spiritual promptings and then spiritual dangers that are just present in our day-to-day lives on the daily whether that be idleness or um just like shutting off completely or neglecting something like like the spiritual side of ourselves can be affected greatly even without much physical um damage if if that makes sense like i could i could be having this is like a, a good uh work week or something i could be doing this but i'm carried away with all of this stuff that isn't you know um spiritually uplifting or or um rehabilitating so it's like i'm not getting that sustenance needed to provide my spiritual with enough safety was my spirit with enough safety from anything that is a bad influence on it and then i i start tumbling down a downward spiral and then uh the late the later day podcast is born because that was my my way out sort of thing like i i recognize that yeah like oh shoot yeah something needs to happen and it's because um like my spirit is not nearly as strong as it used to be like where I used to carry it really with like super high esteem and like just like everywhere I went like I was known as um you know like just a a hammer in in the gospel or something who knows like just a solid tool and now I feel like I can't help nearly as many people or something right yeah and so I was like okay there's there needs to be change there needs to be change and that's why the seminary answers exist you know is is doing those things every day or every week which come follow me is now a part of that right it's creating a spiritual right. buffer. And that, that same principle applies to obviously staying away from addiction too. You need a, a buffer. You need a, a wall essentially between you and those actions. And you can only keep building that wall by putting effort into right. it. Right. If you stop, the wall will come down. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's exactly. why it starts, like that, that heading starts with living the gospel provides safety. Right? Mm-hmm. Right, because it's something that you have to live to maintain. That, yeah, it's the effort that involved. Kind of security blanket, well, that protection, right? Um, so then it then it moves on to talk about Philemon. Okay. Yeah. So Paul actually converted him. Yeah, he's he's another companion of Paul's, and uh, the interesting thing about him that it mentions is that Philemon had a slave named On- Onesimus, I think is how it's said, and essentially, yet he escaped slavery. Onesimus, he escapes slavery, converts the gospel, and then Paul says to Philemon, "Hey, you should probably forgive this guy because he's your brother now. He's not he's not a slave anymore." Reading this made me think, "Holy, this is crazy that there's still so many people, or there was so many people who considered themselves Christians and read the Bible who owned slaves when it's like right there." Yeah, it's in here. Just a reminder of how pride stops people from doing what they should do. That's huge, actually. I I really like that, and um, that goes right into like that that next heading where followers of Christ forgive one another. Um, where that's what Paul, in in fact, like I think this is like one of the most undisputed like works of uh, Paul as far like because it was like a sh- this is like the shortest, isn't it? It's pretty Philemon? short. Yeah, it's one it's chapter. Like, yeah. And uh, it it just goes into exactly what you just said. Like it's um, going into how he needs to forgive um, this past slave, Onesius, was it? Something like that. Onesimus something. Onesimus. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's interesting that you brought that up where like you have these like gospel figures in the past who had slaves 
and they that was just how it was that was just a a societal norm back in the day i guess yeah well since since we're moving on to this this other one about forgiving one another i just yeah i think it's it's really important that obviously we don't want to wrong anyone that we can but it, it but it is obviously important that when they show that they're sorry you know when they try and put in effort then it it's of course our responsibility if i don't know it's tricky because there's some situations that you almost just don't want to forgive people but it's always the right thing to do well i think it's funny that paul's telling philemon to forgive um onesimus uh where and it's not the other way around Right. Well, the, that it's makes me saying, think that hey, Onesimus slave, you must forgive have this forgiven guy for for putting you into slavery. It's hey, you should yeah. forgive this guy for running away because you owned him. But you're right. No, you're probably right. Uh, maybe he ran away and forgave him as he was running away, kind of thing. Well, and well, and I also think it's important that running away back then probably meant some sort of punishment, right? There's probably oh, all, like as far is, as like yeah. forgiveness went. It was probably less, oh, I forgive you for running away, and oh, I pardon you from having to yeah, die. Yeah, true. Like, Good point. Sort of thing. <laughs> having to be put yeah, down. Yeah, I, I do definitely think that it, it illustrates that Onesimus was already humble because of his station, I guess, for lack of a better term. And so it just, again, shows how the meek are always the one, the first ones to be Christ-like. Well, um, it goes, it tells us to go back to Timothy to read a verse. Um, and I'm I'm going to read them. It's 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Um, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and the man Jesus Christ. Or sorry, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Basically, hey, you can't hold a grudge. It's not your place to to decide how, you know, how you feel about this guy. Because in the end, you don't decide his salvation and stuff. You don't you don't get to hold those negative feelings towards him. You can be hurt, of course, but you have to forgive him because it's Christ died for that. Christ died so we can all be forgiven and make it into heaven. But also, like, we should be able to forgive each other if we yeah. expect God to forgive us, right? I think even and let's I kind of want to bring it onto a personal note here. Even the the fact that this podcast even exists is evidence of forgiveness from one person to another there was there was a time i know it might shock some of you that uh that brayden and i did not get along very well one of the, one of it's funny keaton what is i literally had the same idea <laughs> earlier today yeah when i was showering and like going through some of this stuff, oh I was you like, think about like, me when you're me showering keaton, oh like, it's so nice yeah <laughs> no 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 like just as like because i was like oh yeah i just have to shower and then i'll be ready to uh record I totally was thinking, like, man, like just before the whole recording process, like, what what kinds of personal stories I have. So take it away, man. Yeah, go, go for it. Share so, your. So so essentially, without getting too specific, um, I I I made a mistake by by trying to to woo a lady soon after Brayden had um, just broken up with this lady, and it. It did not work out well for me um, in any regard. Uh, I was in the friend zone, of course. And so it wasn't even worth it in the first place. But uh, of course, that created quite a bit of tension between Braden and I. And uh, for a bit there, like we just, I don't even remember too much, but it just, we just kind of 
hated each other quite a bit. There was some some harsh yeah, words exchanged and and yeah, and it, it took I don't know, I can't remember the the length of time, but I remember there there was a point that Braden was bearing his testimony and he he kind of just looked at me as he was bearing it and he I don't know exactly the words that you said, but you kind of just mentioned that like you'd changed and and things of the past are aren't things that you focus on anymore and I, I again just can't remember exactly what it was, but it was extremely clear that you had forgiven me for for what I had done, and it was it was very really powerful. We were both I know well that testimony meeting in general was pretty powerful, but yeah, it was a it was a very cool experience and something that I think definitely brought us back to where we are and to where we are today. I don't know. If yeah, I, and I think it it kind of marked. Well, I f- I feel the same. Like it kind of marked time for me. I know it was for any listeners like that's a very petty thing <laughs> but keep in mind this is like back when we were just out of high school yeah 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 stuff. like very sure. very petty behavior but like i i even remember like um i i do remember that testimony meeting but i also remember keaton um i remember thinking before i even like went to the temple or anything i was like man who can i talk to of my friends that like i i I can gain some knowledge of the temple about like and like settle my uneasiness or something. And then like, I remember thinking like, I want to know what I think Keaton would be someone who would like not only appreciate me coming out to him and reaching out to him because of our like shaky past of, as of like late or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think he'd also just be the one who's most easily able to like explain some of the things or like settle my uneasiness. And so, yeah, I totally thought of that where, um, followers of Christ, uh, forgive each other yeah. and I think that's super important like forgiving one another even is is like how often do you hear the words one another in gospel terms like I can think of like love one another I can hear like I, like I think of I, I hear that phrase and I think of so many different things that Jesus has said with those words in it or I'm like it just means like brotherly love or like uh, sibling kind of love or like some sort of um, love that's bound beyond um you know uh norms i guess like it's it's an unexplainable thing yeah and i I think just more more personable i guess i I think what that illustrates as well really well is is the the forgiveness and then continuing on in forgiveness you know like you talked about that you had texted me i remember that as well now that's coming back to my mind and and that just went to show me like this is real you know this isn't just to save face this is you know, we really genuinely care about the other person and are trying to be Christ-like. I I think that moment, just again to tie it into the story, was really a moment that I saw a huge change in Brayden. And I I think that was probably the time period where you had started to decide you wanted to serve a mission. Was it, would that be correct? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I guess the decision was there, but like as far as like the change of nature was there. Yeah. Well, and and same for me as well. I obviously, I was there was obviously things that I needed to to change as well going through that. So I just realized it made me sound like I was pinning it all on you, which is not the case. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely needed to change. Um, and so I think that's awesome. I, and I I can think of plenty of examples of like uh, followers of Christ forgiving one another. I can also think of Christ. And how often he's forgiven his followers. The answer is every time. Paul Paul himself, right? Like, think about who's writing all this awesome advice to people right now. Who who did he used to be, and who was it that forgave him initially? 
and helped him turn around, right? Like forgiveness is such an important part of the gospel that I think people sometimes, I don't, I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but like some people might discredit it. Um, but we definitely shouldn't. It's, it's a powerful tool. And, um, there's definitely some people in, in my, uh, life that I'm kind of like, oh man, if they could understand forgiveness on a different level, that would be life changing, but we'll see. Yeah. We can all do a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Caden, do, sorry, Braden and I were talking for a lot there. Do you have anything you'd like yeah, to add? Yeah, me, me and Keaton are just <laughs> hugging and broing out here in the in the head, like forefront. Caden, uh, how are you doing in that corner? Oh, we no, put I'm you do, in. I'm doing good. I was already on my mission at this point, so I had I had no more repenting. Like <laughs> I, was, I basically was exhausted. That's true. Maybe Caden was did, killing it. Yeah, Caden, did you even know that that happened? No, all of this was new to me. I mean, I knew that you guys didn't love each other for all of grade twelve. I remember that. <laughs> Um, but w- when you guys started talking about it, I almost just interjected was like, what? You guys never hated each other. I, I do remember now a little bit, but I definitely was not here for any of this. Well, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I sent like a letter or two to you while you were on your mission. Yeah, probably about I it. could go or like them. an email just like explaining the situation. You get a lot of emails on your mission. <laughs> yeah, None that's more true. important than from my friend Braden. If you guys don't mind, I think we can close it off there on a high note, hey? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, nobody else has anything else they wanted to add? Yeah, this is kind of like a shorter shorter lesson again. Um, as far as like what to add, I can only think of like just re- reiterating the whole be thou an example of the believers. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean like you have to be perfect, but keep in mind that one scripture where like, um, do not like neglect the gift that is in thee, and and that gift can be an example to anyone. Whether it's like the gift of forgiveness or the uh, the gift of like being able to talk really well about the gospel or something like, it, just use whatever you can, um, and be thou an example of the believers. Because I know I I need both you and well I I need both Caden and Keaton as examples, uh, for different reasons, right? And I think that goes the same mm-hmm. for everyone. It just, the whole being an example of the believers just throws me back to being one of those people that when you they come to mind, you just love them so purely because you just see so much respect for them. You know, you're just like, man, that person is exactly like what I want to become someday. Try to just be one of those yeah. people. And I th- yeah, I think where there's nothing negative anyone could ever say about you. Obviously, that's not super achievable, but... You got those heroes in your mind and you just want to emulate them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think with everyone reading through this uh, this week's lesson, I, I'd pay special consideration to this last book here, uh, Philemon, just because um, it, it does, it's it's a really good short read, but it's, it's I would consider one of the better epistles of Paul because like, you can't argue that Paul didn't write this. I know there's like speculation as to whether or not Paul wrote everything, but I, I know that this is like one of the ones where it's like so personable that you just know like hey, this is one guy who truly just loves his fellow servant or fellow laborer um, in the gospel. So yeah, I'd recommend it. It's a good read. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys, for listening. Thanks for sharing the podcast. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And thanks again, of course, to Lucky Bandit, Spencer Rolfson. Um, for the hot, hot music. Thank you. 
And uh, yeah, you guys have a good week. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye.